أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ بوأنا لإبراهيم مكان البيت أن لا تشرك بي شيئا ألا تشرك بي شيئا وطهر بيتي للطائفين للطائفين والقائمين والركع السجود وأذن في الناس بالحج يأتوك رجالا وعلى كل ضامر يأتين من كل فج من كل فج عميق ليشهدوا منافع لهم ويذكروا اسم الله في أيام معلومات في أيام معلومات على ما رزقهم من بهيمة الأنعام فكلوا منها وأطعموا البائس الفقير ثم ليقضوا تفثهم وليوفوا نذورهم وليطوفوا بالبيت العتيق ذلك ومن يعظم حرمات الله فهو خير له عند ربه وأحلت لكم الأنعام إلا ما يتلى عليكم فاجتنبوا الرجس من الأوثان واجتنبوا قول الزور حنفاء لله غير مشركين به ومن يشرك بالله فكأنما خر من السماء فتخطفه الطير أو تهوي به الريح في مكان سحيق ذلك ومن يعظم شعائر الله فإنها من تقوى القلوب صدق الله العظيم Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. MashaAllah, very appropriately, our young uh, Hafiz, student of Ilm, he selected ayat from Surah Al Hajj, as this is a Hajj seminar, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the beginning of Hajj from the time of Ibrahim alayhi salam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Ibrahim alayhi salam, that make the proclamation for the people to come for Hajj. When he came into the wadin غير ذي ذرع The valley without a blade of grass 
and there was no habitation there, no civilization, no one was living there, no vegetation, not a single blade of grass. This is mentioned in the Quran, Wadin the valley without a blade of grass. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to build the house, the Baytullah, the one we will all visit, inshaAllah. Only with the father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And told him, make a proclamation, make an announcement. Announce to the people to come for Hajj. When there is no one physically present there. This is the beauty of the order of Allah and the order of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That when it makes sense, we say, Sami'na wa ata'ana, we hear and obey. When it does not make sense, we say, Sami'na wa ata'ana, we hear and we obey. Whether it makes sense to us or not is irrelevant. If it is the order of Allah and the order of Rasulullah sallallahu we obey, we put our heads down. And in obedience to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa One incident comes to mind that Rasulullah and the Sahaba were enjoying a barbecue. And they were having one goat was sacrificed and the meat was being uh, roasted and they were eating it. Rasulullah as we know, he liked the front uh, shoulder of the goat. That was his favorite part. So he said, bring out the front shoulder. So they brought out one front shoulder, one front leg of the goat and they ate it together. Then he said, bring out another one. So they brought out another front shoulder of the goat. Keep in mind, it was just one goat. Then after that, Rasulullah said, bring out another front shoulder. So the Sahabi was in the serving. He said, Ya Rasulullah, goat only has two front legs. How you want me, where do you want me to get a third one from? Then Rasulullah said, why did you ask and put your intelligence there and question? If you looked, you would have found it. Now it's gone. You would have found a third one. However many I would have asked, Allah would have put it there. Now you started questioning my order, it's gone. So Allah Ta'ala ordered Ibrahim salam, make the proclamation. He didn't ask who is going to hear, who is going to broadcast my voice. He complied with the order of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And what happened? Allah Ta'ala says, يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا وَعَلَى كُلِّ ضَامِرٍ يَأْتِينَ مِن كُلِّ فَجٍ عَمِيقٍ They are coming now walking and on camels. Damir camel. What is the Damir camel? The Damir camel is a camel that it has, as we know, even if you are not specialist in, in uh, zoology, the biology of animals, everyone basic common knowledge is that the, the camel is designed for the desert. It takes in the food and the water and it can survive long distances. And it has a whole hump. The camel's hump is made of fat, which slowly, slowly decreases when it does not have any other source of nutrition outward it's not in taking any food then it starts melting the fat so Allah Ta'ala uses word in the Quran the Dhamir they will be coming on the Dhamir camels the Dhamir camel is that camel that the whole hump has melted away it is a lean camel min kulli fajjin amiq from distant valleys they will come for hajj why will they come? Liyashhadu To witness such things which will benefit them. Subhanallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Ibrahim Islam to make the call and he made the call. From the alam al-arwah, from the realm of the souls where we were all present, then those who will, who will come for hajj, we all, inshallah, alhamdulillah, we replied, labbaik. And the number of times we will come for hajj, that is the number of times we responded. Those who, who did not respond, 
they will be deprived of going ever. May Allah protect us from being amongst them. And those who say Labbaik once, they will go once insha'Allah. Those who said it twice will go two times. Those who said it ten times, those who said it twenty times, they will be allowed to visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala twenty times. And what does Allah say after that? They will come and witness things which will benefit them. So this is a means of benefiting. There are so many benefits. The scholars of Tafsir explain benefits of Iman, benefits of even of dunya, benefits, so many multiple forms of benefit. One of the things is that we hear about Rasulullah since childhood. Alhamdulillah, most of us are born Muslims. We hear about the seerah of Rasulullah We hear about the Quran was revealed. We hear about the stories of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in. But then, ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ Then you will see with the eye of certainty. When you go and you will witness and you will see, لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِ عَلَمْ You will witness, you will see, this is the birthplace of Rasulullah sallallahu This is where he was born. This is where he walked. This is the Baytullah that he helped build when he was before his prophethood at the age of 30. This is the Mount of Safa, this is the Mount of Marwa, this is where Hajar ran, looking for water for her baby. This is Arafat, this is where Rasulullah made the dua. This is Mina, this is the place where the shayateen came, tried to deceive Ibrahim and Ismail and Hajar and they repelled them with pelting the stones. When you see all of these things, when you see Medina, you see the grave of Rasulullah you witness these things, then it becomes a living reality that Rasulullah is not a figment of an imagination nor is he some fictional character but he was a genuine historical figure he was born here, he lived here, he walked this land, he tread this earth and he is buried here you see these things and it becomes a living reality for you this is one of the benefits of Hajj لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ وَيَذْكُرُ اسْمُ اللَّهِ فِي أَيَامِ مَعْدُودَاتِ عَلَى مَا رَزَقَهُمْ مِنْ بَهِيمَةَ لَنَعَامِ and then you take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you make the dhikr of Allah and you sacrifice animals for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are all the benefits of Hajj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that. We will continue more when, with, the, with the presentation, inshaAllah. That is just a brief translation of the beginning ayat that were recited by the young Hafiz. Alhamdulillah, next, before we start the presentation, just to further warm our hearts and bring us in the correct frame of mind, inshaAllah, we will request Dr. Hassan Thabit, beloved friend and Musalli of the Masjid here to recite some poem, a poetry, alhamdulillah. This is a poem that was uh, written by our Shaykh and our Ustad, Mufti Radawal Haqsa, Shaykh al-Hadith of Darul Umm Zakaria, Tamanna Yidil. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I am uh, honored indeed to, uh, first of all, be chosen here to uh, read this poem written by uh, the teacher of my teachers uh, here at Dawah Salaam. Uh, it's in Urdu. I hope a majority of the audience will be able to understand that. Um, the other reason I feel honored is because of the chosen people that I'm reciting it to, who were chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to this year. 
uh, show up at his house uh, in performing the uh, act of Hajj. I request especially to keep me and the entire Ummah du'as as we are in need this time more than ever before. For your du'as, please. Tamanna muddato se hai Jamale Mustafa dekho Imamul Ambiya dekho Habibe Kibriya dekho Woh jin ke dam qadam se subhane bhi roshni paai وہ جن کے دم قدم سے صبح نے بھی روشنی پائی منور کر دیا جس نے فضا وہ رہنما دیکھوں منور کر دیا جس نے فضا وہ رہنما دیکھوں وہ جن کی برکتوں سے اب روبارہ بستے عالم میں وہ جن کی برکتوں سے اب روبارہ بستے عالم میں تمنا قلب مزتر کی ودر بے بہا دیکھوں تمنا قلب مزتر کی وہ در بے بہا دیکھوں قدم باہر مدینہ سے تصور میں مدینہ ہے قدم باہر مدینہ سے تصور میں مدینہ ہے الہی یا الہی عظمتوں کی انتہا دیکھوں الہی یا الہی عظمتوں کی انتہا دیکھوں یہ دنیا بے صبات و بے وفا و غم کا گہوارہ یہ دنیا بے صباتوں بے وفا و غم کا گہوارا یہ ہے مطلوب دارے بے وفائی میں وفا دیکھوں یہ ہے مطلوب دارے بے وفائی میں وفا دیکھوں وہ مبدا خلق عالم کا درود ان پر سلام ان پر وہ مبدا خلق عالم کا درود ان پر سلام ان پر میرے مولا یہ موقع دے کہ ختم الانبیاء دیکھوں میرے مولا یہ موقع دے کہ ختم الانبیاء دیکھوں کبھی ہو حسن کی محفل کبھی ہو شوق کا منظر 
कभी हो हुसन की महफिल कभी हो शौक का मंजर कभी आंसू की जंजीरों में आशिक की सदा देखूं कभी आंसू की जंजीरों में आशिक की सदा देखूं رسول القاسم الخيرات في الدنيا وفي العقبا رسول القاسم الخيرات في الدنيا وفي العقبا شفيق النفس ما درما نبي مجتبى शफीक अजनफ से मादर मा नबी मुजतबा देखूं दरे जन्नत पे हाजिर हूं रसूल पाक के हमरा दरे जन्नत पे हाजिर हूं रसूल पाक के हमरा शफात का ये मंजर या खुदा मैं रजा देखूं शफात का ये मंजर या खुदा या मैं रजा देखूं तमन्ना मुद्दतों से है जमाले मुस्तफा देखूं इमामुल अंबिया देखूं हबीबे की बरिया देखूं uh, voice coming from the heart, it really put us in the proper perspective of how much desire we should have to see Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to see the road of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I cannot go line by line to translate the whole poem, but just a few points from there, just to convey the gist of it for those who may not have understood. That I have this tamanna, meaning this desire. And this burning desire in my heart from so long period of time to see the beauty of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa When can I lay my eyes upon that noble countenance, the beautiful face of my beloved Prophet? Imamul Anbiya dekhun, Habibi Kibriya dekhun, the leader of all the Anbiya alayhi salam, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he talks about the barakat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa how he wishes to go to Medina and see Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and visit Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. As Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself said, that manzarani baada wafati fakana manzarani fi hayati. The one who visits me after I have passed away is like the one who visited me when I am alive. And halat lahu shafaati. My shafaa, my intercession will be for him on the day of judgment. And he says, "Qadam bahar hai Madina se tasawur mein Madina hai." My feet are outside of Madina, but in my mind, is the thoughts of Madina are always revolving. 
ilahiya ilahi azmaton ki intiha dekho oh my allah oh my allah i want to see the final limits of greatness in the personality of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam particularly he mentions how this life is ya dunya bethubat o bewafa o gham ka kehwara this world is transient it's bethubat it is not permanent in its nature bewafa there is no loyalty in this world this dunya will not be loyal to you and gham ka kehwara it is a place of of sadness and loss my desire is that in this place where no one is loyal to anyone, I would like to see the ultimate loyalty in the personality of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And uh, we have Rasulun. This is an interesting poem because the first half is in Arabic, second half is in Farsi. As our ustad is proficient in all these languages, Rasulun qasimul khayrat fi dunya wa fi al-aqba. Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the one. Through him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is distributing all the khair in this dunya and in the hereafter. Shafiq az nafsima barma. He is more, he has more shafqat and love for us than we have for our own selves. An nabiyu awla bin mu'minina min anfusim. Ahzab, Surah Ahzab, Allah says the believer, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi is closer to the believers than we ourselves are to ourselves. Nabiyu mushtaba. He is a selected slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the end, he concludes with a dua. Dare jannat pe hazin hu rasool e hamra. That I, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shafa'at ka ye manzar ya khudaya me rada deku. That rada is making this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that on the door of jannat, he is present in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu Oh my Allah, allow me to see this beautiful scene of shafa'at of intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the shafa'at of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and allow us to visit him multiple times and to be in his company in Jannah insha'Allah ma'an nabiyyin wa siddiqin wa shuhada'i wa salihin fi maqadi sidqin inda maliki muqtadir insha'Allah next I call upon uh, Mufti Azimuddin insha'Allah who will give an introduction to the seminar and will speak about overall theme of hajj and the philosophy of hajj what our intention should be what our frame of mind should be and how we can prepare for this great journey Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولله على الناس حج البيت من استطاع إليه سبيلا ومن كفر فإن الله غني عن العالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد رب الشحلي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Most respected uh, حجاج Brothers and sisters those who are going this year, those who are planning to go in the following years and are, are preparing a year earlier, we welcome all of you uh, and we look forward inshallah ta'ala to myself and all of us being inspired from these words and ho- inshallah hoping that this few hours that we spend together will become a means of all of us gaining inshallah ta'ala an accepted hajj and umrah. Say ameen. Brothers and sisters, the... Uh, Meaning of Hajj, I would like to go just a few background before 
the parts of Medina and Mecca are taken into consideration that Hajjah Yahujju is to intend Qasada to comes in the meaning of the background of the, the the word means to intend and when a person performs Hajj he's intending to go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yaqsudu Bayt Allah and the in the Islamic uh, or terminology Hajj is the name of those certain actions which that have been shown to us by the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, which are performed after donning the ihram with the intention of Hajj. Two things have been mentioned here. It's certain actions, so it's not anything. It has to be a certain a set of actions that has to be done. Number two, it has to be done after donning the ihram. And number three, it's done with the intention of Hajj. So if a person is not performing, uh, is, is going about in his uh, little kids in the kindergarten, first grade, when they do that, uh, when they go about learning how to do Hajj, that's not called Hajj, right? Because they're just simply learning. They are not wearing. They are not. They do not have the proper intention at that time. And the obligation of the Hajj is mentioned from uh, the ayah of the Quran, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Walillahi ala nasi hajjul bayti man sabila wa man kafara." That part got cut. Walillahi. That for Allah, Hajj is a duty for Allah upon mankind. Who for who? Whoever has the ability to undertake the journey. And whoever disbelieves, then Allah is independent of all the worlds. This, this ayah itself, we can spend the rest of the time on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلِلَّهِ إِبْئِدْ عَلَى النَّاسِ Two things. One, it's upon you. It's a duty upon mankind. Ala, it's upon mankind. You owe it. Who do you owe it to? You owe it to Allah. Lillahi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, this is done for me. It's done out of love for me. It's done out of desire for me. You're not doing it for anyone else. You're not doing it for any custom. You're not doing it because this is something you have to do once you reach a certain age, once, etc. This thing happened, a milestone in your life. But rather, this is something you do out of my love. And look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the Kaaba, the Makkah al-Mukarramah, uh, He calls it Baytullah. He calls it the Bayt, the house. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of place, free of time, above all of these things. But as a weak human being, we need a place, we need to have an opportunity to express our love. The way we face Qibla, the entire 1.2 billion Muslims of the world, face the Qibla every single day. Allah says, Aynama tawallu fathamma wajhullah. Wherever you turn, so shall you find Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have a specific direction. But now, where do we express our love? Where do we ex- how do we prostrate in front of Him? Allah told us, face the Kaaba. So that, that place, the Kaaba to Allah, is the place for the past centuries and centuries and centuries uh, people have been facing every single day whenever they want to raise their hands whenever they want to supplicate whenever they want to pray it's that one location where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it his house Allah doesn't reside in it but tashrifan wa ta'zeeman lahu to show its honor and status in the eyes of Allah Allah calls it his house just like a person were to show today nowadays look what happens when we go into different places there's historical places that this is where such and such president was born this is when such and such president you know he spent his youthful years here so people go and stop and wonder and say oh wow this is amazing even though that person's long dead he's never done anything for you you've never done anything for him but there is this amazement naturally we get attracted to these type of things this is not some makhluq, this is not some creation, my brothers and sisters, this is the creator of the worlds. He's saying, if you want to know, if you want to get close to me, you want to get invited, and you want me to show you how much I love you, then you can come to my house. 
And the, my house is the house is Kaabatullah. How people vie to one another to get invited to a president's home, to an official place, to a prime minister's home, to a very exclusive club where only the wealthy go. And if someone gets invited, how excited they get. They show off their, their card. They take a picture of the invitation card. And they say, look, I got invited in such and such place. I got to dine in such and such place. And if they were able to go and take a, uh, meet the president of some place, they would get definitely a picture. And they post up the picture in their office, in their home. And for years and years, people say, oh, this person, he met him once. This is what we do. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the worlds, He's showing, how does He show His pleasure and happiness? He allows a person to come to His house. And just like a person gets excited to go to a wealthy person or, or influential person's house, a million, rather an infinite more times we should have happiness and excitement that, Ya Allah, I am hopefully coming this year or very soon I'm coming to your house. That excitement must be within there. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Walillah. This is for me. This is for Allah. Al-Nas, it's an obligation upon people. Hijj, qasd. Remember, hijj means intention. To intend my house. I want you to at least once in your lifetime, at least once in a lifetime, come. Every one of you should have a burning desire, young and old. Ya Allah, I wish I can come to your house every day. But not all of you are going to be able to do that. But at least you should make a point that before you leave this world, you have made that trip at least once. If man if you have the ability. If you don't have the ability, the means to do it, then staying at home, you make intention. Ya Allah, look at all these people who are going. Ya Allah, I wish I could be with them. You're intending to be with them. Your desire to be with them, it's still sufficient. Waman kafara and the one who disbelieves and becomes ungrateful. And he says, I don't need to go for hajj and umrah. I'm not going to put myself through that trouble. I don't want to go through the heat. I don't want to go make umrah and hajj with these thousands of people. Etc. Etc. Make such statements of complete disregard, disbelief. Allah says, "If you don't want to see me, I don't want to see you either. Don't worry. I have. I'm not in need of you. It's not like I need some friends. I need people to worship me." Allah is free of all want. He doesn't need anyone from this world. These statements people utter nowadays. Brother, the weather is getting hot. There's too many people. Last year, 50 people died. I don't know what's going to happen now. Are you serious? You're planning to go for Hajj this year? Aren't you scared? Why would anyone want to go? These type of statements, Wallahi, are statements of the greatest yani, disregard. It's, it's, it's genuine yani, disregard for Allah and the deen coming spewing out of the mouth. Wallahi, we must definitely make tawbah if we've ever said such a statement. What if a person is meant to die? which we're all meant to die one day or another. What better place it is than to die in the house of Allah in the state of ihram with your sins forgiven? Can there be any place? You think dying here in a car accident and getting buried in Elmhurst is a good place to die? When a person is in ihram, when all his, his, uh, his sins are forgiven and a person gets buried there, what bigger thing? I, wallah, I make this dua every single time you ever heard in our collective duas of Darussalam here. We always make this dua. Ya Allah, grant us a death of martyrdom and allow us a chance to be buried in the city of the Prophet We don't want to get buried here. We definitely don't want to get buried here. We don't want to die here. We want to die in the path of Allah in the city of the Prophet Because that's where, that's a special death. You're going to be raised first after the Prophets. And you're going to gain the intercession of the Prophet A death of a martyr is an amazing thing. So these type of statements, those people say who really are missing the love. They just haven't been loved before maybe. Whatever the case may be, and they're very distant from Allah. May Allah save us. May Allah save us. May Allah save us from having those type of... Ill feelings towards our Creator. So Hajj is 
a more than an obligation it is a privilege it's a privilege that a person gets a chance to go visit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and what are some of the quick virtues that umrah is an expiation of sins kafara means it is a means of forgiving and cleaning wiping out all the sins for whatever took place between them and that. So if a person made Umrah three years ago, and now is going to make Umrah with sincerely, then those three years of sins, inshallah, will be forgiven. Whatever took place. person made Umrah in 2000, now 16 years later is going for Umrah. Whatever took place in these 16 years, inshallah, will be forgiven. And then, Hajj ki kya baat kahe? Wal hajjul mabroor laysa lahu jaza illa al-jannah. Hajjul mabroor is not about forgiveness. Why? Because when you do Umrah or anything else, you get forgiveness, and then you go, we can easily go back to where we were and then accumulate a whole bunch of sins. Rasulullah did not talk about forgiveness for Hajj al-Mabrur here. He's comparing Umrah and Hajj. Umrah is a way to clean out, completely delete your sins. But Hajj al-Mabrur is basically getting the book of deeds of sins and just chucking it out. Khalas, there's nothing can go in. Illa al-Jannah. You've got nothing waiting for you except for paradise. And you're not going to get into paradise until you're forgiven. Yani Hajj al-Mabrur guarantees your forgiveness. You will die with forgiveness. You will die with forgiveness. Insha'Allah ta'ala. What's the key word? Hajj al-Mabrur. It didn't just say Hajj. Hajj with VIP package. Huh? Hajj al-Mabrur. Hajj with the most expenses. That Hajj which is accepted, my brothers and sisters. Key point. That people ask, how many Hajj have you done? How many Hajj are you planning to do? And people boast about how many Hajj. Brothers and sisters, we don't need to have 10, 15, 6, 3, even 2 Hajj. One is enough. But Mabrur, it has to be accepted. So if you ask me this question, how many have you done? I don't know. Because what counts is not Hajj. What counts is Hajjul Mabrur. It's an accepted hajj. And how do we know whether our hajj has been accepted or not? That we'll find out tomorrow. So that's why we got to keep on trying, keep on hoping, making sure if this is your first one, Ya Allah, make it the best one. Ya Allah, this might be my last one. Make it the best one. I don't know how many other opportunities I'm going to get. Key point is not just hajj for the sake of doing hajj, it's al-mabrur. Now, what is one of the ways to perform a hajj al-mabrur? The next hadith explains that. وعن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من حج فلم يرفث ولم يفسق غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said whoever performs hajj for allah and he does not have relations with his family with his wife ولم يفسق and he does not commit any sin رجع غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه then all his previous sins are forgiven and in another hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said tabi'u bayna al-hajj wal-umrah alternate between hajj and umrah Every five years you're doing hajj. Every couple of years you're doing umrah. Alternate between them, back and forth. Subhanallah. فَإِنَّهُمَا يَنْفِيَانِ الْفَقْرَ وَالذُّنُوبِ كَمَا يَنْفِيَ الْكِيرُ خَبَثَ الْحَدِيدِ وَالذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ Because alternating between hajj and umrah from time to time removes the sins. Just like uh, the uh, fire removes the, uh, the filth from iron, gold and silver. When you put these metals under the heat, the goldsmith or the ironsmith puts it, how it removes that's those, the, the filth and the impurity. Similarly, hajj and umrah, hajj and umrah removes that. So, for those people who say, I did my hajj in the 80s, and I think I should give others a chance. You know, I don't need to go again. Type of thing like that. You're right, you don't have to go every single year. But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you the means to go around the world for vacation every year, sometimes golfing, sometimes fishing, sometimes snorkeling, then this is absolutely... This a huge disservice to ourselves that we don't go visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more often. 
Every five years a person can perform Hajj Every five years a person can perform Umrah If you have the means, definitely do it If you don't have the means, then one is sufficient And there is no reward for Hajj al-Mabrur except for paradise There is nothing less than that Except for paradise So now, the hadith explains to us One hadith here What is one of the things to make sure we have Hajj al-Mabrur? Remove, staying away from relations Yarfuth Unfusq, committing any major sin Another hadith the Prophet sallallahu said that man hajja falam yarfuth wa lam yafsuq raja'aka yawmin waladatu umma aw kama qala sallam the one who performs hajj and he does not have relations sexual relations does not commit any sin then he will return back though as pure and as clean as the day his mother gave birth to him you've heard this hadith uh, what does Allah say in the Quran la fusuqa wa la jidala fil hajj la rafatha wa la fusuqa wa la jidala fil hajj no relations no major sin and no argumentation. So this is telling us where we fall. What three things will, will poke a hole in our Hajj al-Mabrur? What is that? It is, it is something to do with the, 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 the lust, lustful desires. Number two, major sins of any sort. Lying, deceitfulness, backbiting, uh, stealing, you know, etc. And last, lastly, jidal. Arguing. This is not uh, some saying of some person. This is an ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah mentioned this specifically. La jidala fil hajj. What does that tell us? This is where most people will fail. This is where most people will ruin their hajj al-mabrur. Allah protect us. What's the first one? Se- you know, sexual relations. Now, it might be a person, who he's, he's, he's not necessarily, what does, what does the context mean? It doesn't necessarily mean a person is falling... Uh, to that and, and has relations with his wife Something worse than that uh, And that is What I mean by worse Let me explain that from a fiqh perspective Of course during the state of ihram If a person has relations with his wife As, as the presentations After me will explain in detail is will break our hajj will break our ihram If it's done before the day of arafah Khalas is over Relations with one's wife And this usually doesn't happen You know I never had an example of people coming and saying this. But what does happen in large number is that people commit minor zina, smaller forms of zina. What is that? That is the zina of the eye, the zina of the hands. Fornication of the eyes, fornication of the hands, fornication of the mind, fornication of the heart, fornication of the feet. That they in the house of Allah, in the blessed city of the Prophet ﷺ, are not guarding their gaze, are looking at non-mahrams, are looking at women or men looking at women, women looking at men who are strangers, who are not related to them and do not even give in a second thought that what I'm doing is a huge sin in the city of the Prophet in, or as I'm doing tawaf I'm surrounded by these thousands of people from the opposite gender who are inches away from me but now where am I? I'm not in a mall, I'm not taking a stroll in the park I am in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single reward here is multiplied by 100,000 and guess what? every single sin is also multiplied Every single sin is also multiplied. One wrong glance in Mecca, one wrong glance in Medina can seal our fate. Can seal it. Whatever sin is committed over there is, has such repercussions that are unbelievable. Brothers and sisters, our ulama say that there was a time when people, they were good overall. And they would go for Hajj and Umrah and they would come back even better, even stronger, even more accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then a time came where people do do their weakness and because of the fitna around and their own spiritual weakness that they would go and they would come back 
unchanged. Not much difference. And then the scholars have said, we are now living in a time, and I kid you not, they say this, we're now living in a time when a person who is not good or who's suffering from some type of spiritual diseases goes to the house of Allah, performs hajj and umrah, and comes back worse than he was. Comes back worse than he was. This is something the scholars mention. Because they witness this, they see this, they have basira. Like an expert who is who, an expert oncologist who is practicing for 40 years, he tells you about cancer. He's seen thousands of patients. You have to listen to him. Me and you, we don't know about this maybe. Maybe you, you have anecdotal evidence. He's sitting there with 40 years of research. These people here are sitting there with years and decades worth of, 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 of research and understanding and ilham from Allah, inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mark my words. We are living in that time when there are certain people who go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when they come back, they go, become worse than where they started from. Why is that? Because when any type of sin, if a person did not make proper tawbah before leaving, and did not sincerely repent before leaving and on the journey and ends up committing those sins, like I said, misusing the glance, misusing the eyes, in the haramain al-sharifain, then the evil effect of that will, in, will completely detract this person and push this person further away. When a person is, is, is speeding, he's, he's breaking the law, but a person does donuts in the parking lot of the police department, that's not a very smart idea, don't you think so? Huh? A person is vandalizing a building. He's doing something. But he goes into the parking lot of the police department and goes to the landscaping and vandalizes it. He's going to be in bigger trouble. Much bigger trouble. The house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so sacred. Allah says, وَمَن يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ Whoever glorifies the symbols of Allah, Allah calls it the symbols of Allah, فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ Then this doesn't happen but from taqwa that emanates from a person's heart. Who goes to Mecca and, 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 and shudders? Who goes to Mecca and trembles? The one who has got taqwa in his heart. And who goes to Mecca and Medina and chills? Pai, let's smoke here. Let's have some chai over here. Let's relax. Enjoy the scene from our hotel balcony. The one who has no taqwa doesn't realize. He thinks one weekend was Las Vegas. The next weekend was New York. The third weekend is Medina. Fourth weekend is Mecca. Fifth weekend is back to you know, some other resort. Note, if taqwa is not there, it will not help us honor that sacred place. My brothers and sisters, what does Allah tell us? Allah doesn't say this about anywhere else. Allah says, whoever even makes an intention of committing a sin, like ilhad, of apostasy, or, 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 or leaving the fold of Islam, or, or, or changing the deen, Allah says, if your person makes intention of oppression, وَمَنْ يُرِدْ جِسْنَيْ gunaka isif irada بِكِيَا In this haramayn al-sharifayn, نُذِقْهُ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ We will ensure that we make him taste the most severest of punishments. This is not for Chicago. This is not for Dallas. This is not for Johannesburg. This is not for Mumbai. This is only for haramayn al-sharifayn, for Makkah al-Makarramah, where Allah says, even if you make an intention, it's bad enough. Other places, intention doesn't give you sin. Here, intention brings about punishment. Brothers and sisters, this key thing, what I said, there are people who go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and come back further than the, from Allah than they were before. What does that tell us? That tells us we should cancel our trip? No. It makes us realize that we have to be super focused. We have to realize that this is a, a, a pretty delicate journey. For example, surgery. Spine surgery, back surgery, some other brain surgery. A person, the doctor said, there's a tumor that you need to get done. Has to get done. You can't live any further. You can't continue. This pain you're living in. But the surgeon also tells you 
that if mistakes are made in the operation, it could have lasting effects. It could even paralyze you. It could make you worse than you were before. And guess what? There's always a chance of death that you don't come out from the operation theater alive. You go into a, such a coma that you don't come out from there. Yes or no? They always tell, make a sign as these documents. So what does that tell us? Say, that's it, I'm not going to do surgery? No, you're going to do that surgery. But you're going to be careful. You're going you're to prepare the, the, uh, the, uh, the preparation. They tell you is to stop drinking from this time. Start doing this exercise beforehand. Start eating like this, etc., etc. That's the key to the success of the surgery. One of the main keys, besides, of course, many other factors. In order to have a successful hajj, right now is the time. We're already quite, quiet, 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 late. Those of you who are sitting here for next year, you are, mashallah, way ahead of the game. That's how it should be. But we've got two weeks left, two and a half weeks left. Derai durustai, as we say, right? For me, even if we come late, but as long as we come with the right intention, we will catch up. We'll catch up. So the next two weeks, if I, if, I were to, if I were to share this with you, I would say the next two weeks is probably the most important part of your hajj. Very different than what you're expecting to hear. Because the way you spend these next two, three weeks is going to ensure how you're going to spend your days of hajj. And the way you spend your days of hajj is going to ensure how you're going to spend the day of the rest of your life when you come back home. Hamari nazar our vision should always be ahead. Not, okay, what's today's schedule? Itinerary, 8 o'clock, bus is leaving. Next, next, next. This is how usually people hujjaj are. All excited, all anxious, worried. Next, what's next? When's my next meal? I'm going to get roti or I'm going to get rice? Fish or prawns? Huh? Chicken or lamb? We're living by the minute. No, my friends. I am in the midst of Arafat. Ya Allah, but when I go home and I go back to corporate America, how am I going to keep this up? That's what you and I are supposed to be thinking. Ya Allah, when I go back home and my son doesn't have a habit of praying, my wife is always upset at me, how am I going to handle this? Right now I'm crying. How am I going to handle the reality of the life is not Arafat. The reality of light is not Makkah and Medina. The reality is what you and I are going through right now. This is real life. Constantly we have to be looking forward every day in our hajj. Ya Allah, I'm here crying, but please allow me to have a change of heart when I get back home. Key is success when I get back. What happens within Hajj is one aspect. What's the most important thing is what happens after we come back. And how do we prepare for that? From now. So, for example, if we want to come back, we say, Inshallah, Hajj ke baad me toba karunga. Hajj ke baad me namaz parna shuru karunga. I'm going to start praying salah after I come back from Hajj. Brothers and sisters, you know what I'm going to say. You have to start praying now. If we can't pray now before Hajj, we're not going to be able to pray most probably after that. You say, Ab Hajj ke baad se, I'm going to repent from interest I'm not going to take any more credit card loans I'm not going to get involved in this You have to start winding those things down now If you say After Hajj I'm going to start Definitely guarding my gaze Guarding my private parts Guarding my hands Guarding my mind We have to start that from now If you say after Hajj I'm going to start Sitting with the Quran every day And read Surah Yasin And a little bit of the Quran Every day before I go to work You have to start that now if you say after Hajj, my wife and I are going to sit at home and going to do ta'aleem and we're going to read book, we're going to read Hayat al-Sahaba, read a tafsir of the Qur'an together in my home, you have to start that now. Whatever you want to do after Hajj, you have two weeks to prove it to yourself that you can do it. Then inshaAllah ta'ala, when we get to Hajj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us such inspiration, such taqwa, such nuraniyah, such spirituality, that when you come back, you'll have a very easy way. Otherwise, al-an kama kaan. Kutte ki dum ulti ki ulti as they say. You know, we go, we change it, and the, the tail of the dog. You can put it straight all you want, but it goes back to where it is. 
That's how it is. We can become like that. We cannot become like that. And those of you who are traveling with me, inshallah ta'ala, you will see that this will be my theme every single time I speak. Because this is the thing I fear most for myself and the thing I fear most for my colleagues. What happens when we get back? What happens when we come back here? The Prophet ﷺ gave us you know, all of these virtues and instructions for us to get excited, to realize that I've been waiting for an excuse to change my life. How many of us are waiting? So we, sometimes we think, Shadi ho jayegi to badal jaunga. If I get married, then they say, nee, bacha ho to badal jaunga. If I have kids, say, nee, dusra bacha, teesra bacha, job lag jayegi. Something happens in my life, I will change. There could be nothing better than hajj. If you say, if not now, then when? If it's not hajj, then what else are we waiting for to make a change in our life? This is the ultimate reason in our life to bring back all of those Resolutions that we've been making for the past 30, 40, 50 years. This Hajj, inshallah, will be uh, a reason for us to fulfill those resolutions. How do we spiritually prepare ourselves? I've been talking about it in these examples in this past few minutes. Besides what's on the slide, the slides talks about performing two rakat salah in shukr. Shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wala in shakartum la The more grateful you are, the more I'm going to increase you in your blessings. This is Allah's promise. So the more after every salah, Ya Allah, I, I thank you that you've accepted me and allowed me to come on this journey. Ya Allah, make this a hajjul mabrur. Abi say, from now, don't wait to make this dua when you're wearing ihram. Allahumma ja'alu hajjan mabrura, wa sa'yam mashkura, wa tijaratan lan Make this dua from now. After every salah, oh Allah, make this accepted hajj. Number two, renew your intention. Why am I going for? I'm not going because this is what everyone told me to. I'm not going because they said by before marriage, you gotta do the hajj, you know? Some cultures, they have that. Some cultures they do it after Hajj, some cultures before Hajj. We have nothing to do with that. Number three, repent from all sins. Again, guna maafi mangne ka jige ye yahan. The place to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is before we embark on our journey. When a person goes to present after he ran away from his mother or father, Allah forbid, 15, 20 years ago he ran away from home. Now he's coming to visit and seek forgiveness from his mom and dad. The, the smart way to do it is what? You send a handwritten letter with a card. You send some gifts well before you arrive there. You don't pitch up there in the middle of the night, two o'clock and open them. Hey, it's me, I'm back. That's not the way you do it. Huh? A person is, let me give a more relevant example. A person fought with his spouse. And now they're, they're away, separated from each other for two, three days, for four or five days, she's upset, or even a few hours. Now what does he do? He doesn't just show up to the house. He sends an apology. She sends an apology. Huh? She sends an apology. You want to soften up the things before you meet. This is what it is. Before we meet Allah at His house, before we see come face to face with our Nabi alayhi salatu salam in Medina al-Munawwara, we have to ensure that balance, take care of the balance before we come. Take care of the balance before we go, seeking forgiveness. That's why he said repent. Now what does repentance entail? Repentance entails three things. Number one, immediately stopping that sin. Immediately stopping that sin. Whatever major, minor sin we may be involved in. You need to stop that, number one. If a person has a habit, I'm giving you an example. If a person has a habit of, in, of using intoxicants, of drinking, etc., gambling, or committing some type of fornication, this hajj is not necessarily going to help him. Unless and until he doesn't do iqla' an dham before he leaves, he has to, she has to repent from this. If they have a horrible habit of speaking back to their parents, of breaking ties with their relatives, they have to repent from that before they leave. Number two is nadama. Genuine remorse. Genuine remorse. Ke ya Allah, I'm so sorry that I have done this. I feel ashamed that I have done this. Nadama. And number three, Ya Allah, is al-azam ala adam al-awd. 
to make a firm intention never to go back to this again. Firm resolve. Lastly, if this has to do with the rights of others, then we have to fulfill that. If we have backbited someone, if we have stolen someone's property, if we have not distributed inheritance properly, if we have, if we have canceled or separated in a business from our business partner and we have not divided the assets properly, all of those things must be taken care of beforehand. Why is the Hajj today as it is what it is, what I told you? It's because people didn't do استغفار کرتے ہیں توبہ نہیں کرتے ہیں ٹو ڈفرینٹ تھنگس تسبیح دے دو بھائی ہزار دفعہ استغفار استغفر اللہ استغفر اللہ استغفر اللہ دیٹس ون پارٹ توبہ از سم تھنگ وے بی آن دیٹ توبہ از یو لیو دیٹ سین رائٹ ناؤ اینڈ یو آر ڈیفینیٹلی نیور پلاننگ ٹو کمٹ دیٹ سین اگین اب کیا ہوتا ہے وین اے پرسن از این عمر این حج ہی سز ہاں وین آئی گو بیک یو نو ویئر پلاننگ دس پارٹی I go back آئی گو بیک آئی ایم گوئنگ That's not Tawbah. When Tawbah is not made, how can you call that an accepted Hajj? How can you ever expect that Hajj to change one's life? When Tawbah is not made. Are you following me? Two different things. One is Istighfar, one is Tawbah. In order for the Hajj to be accepted, we have to make Tawbah, not just Istighfar. And Tawbah is when a person genuinely feels remorseful over what he, had, or, what he or she has done. We have not talked to our, our brother or sister for five years, four years, relative, uncle, aunt. We can't say business as usual, status quo. Chalti ke naam gari, move forward. Absolutely not. We must, if, we must definitely, Tawbah would be, Ya Allah, galti ho gai. I know he's fault, my fault, whatever, but the fact is I have to ensure I do my part of trying to build my ties with my relative. Silban qata'ak. Whoever has cut his ties with you, go join the ties. That's why one of the brothers, he mentioned something so beautiful. He said, when people are in Hajj and Umrah, you tell him, he's doing three tawafs per day. Three ta- or not three tawafs, three umrahs. I know brothers who are doing two, three umrahs per day. I don't have the himma for that. You know, subhanAllah, may Allah grant me strength to do that. They're doing it. Tawaf after tawaf, tawaf. You tell that same person how long, you know, this is, you know, st- it's very strenuous, very strenuous. Brother, aap, you don't have to do this. Asa karlona. Okay, just take that cell phone of yours and make one phone call to your uncle that you haven't spoken for five years. Mafi mangalod se. Wokarlo. Just seek forgiveness, say by uncle ji, baba, bhai, whatever, please forgive me. That won't happen. But umrah pe umrah, umrah pe umrah. This is completely misunderstanding the deen. The sharia did not tell us to do umrah after umrah. The sharia is not enforcing us to do 10 tawafs until you yani, fatigue and you fall down. But the sharia does tell us that you have to keep ties with your relatives. The sharia does tell us that your income has to be halal. So we have to put everything into perspective. What must be done, we need to do that. What does not need to be done, leave it. You can do it optionally. But do what is the most important thing as well. Educate yourself regarding the ritual acts. And that's why you're here today. You're educating yourself on the fiqh, the spiritual aspects as well as the fiqh aspects of our umrah and hajj. Practice reciting a book of dua. Very important. People have already asked on our WhatsApp group, are you going to read the duas for us? I can. We're there. for that's We're at your service. We can read the duas all you want. But why? Why would you do that? If a person, subhanAllah, has the ability, yani why not a person re- recite the dua himself? So you have the books in the lobby. You have a selection of about six booklets like this. You can purchase it for $10 there. All these books have been ordered from England of Sheikh Salim Dorat. All really practical books. Um, very, is, we know we don't have time to read. So they're very brief. 
to the point. If you practice on what's mentioned in those pages, inshallah ta'ala, you will definitely have a successful accepted hajj, inshallah. Right? So I would definitely advise you to pick up those books on the way out. Practice reciting a book of dua. So there's dua books are there. Some of the books out there have transliteration as well. Okay? Now this is a key point, what I'm telling you. You will be told that by dua ka waqt hai. This is the time for dua. Arafat you'll have seven hours to do dua. Six hours. Six hours. What am I gonna ask? Six hours is nothing for someone who is in need, which means all of us, because all of us are in need for everything. Six hours is a blink of an eye. But what happens? People get bored after the first half hour. People get bored after the first 15 minutes. They say, We don't know what else to ask. It's like you tell someone, let's go for exercise, let's go for a run, jog. You ask you people who don't have everything, they'll run to the gate and say, finish, start panting. No exercise, unfit, they can't handle. Yani a two, three mile hike. When we don't have practice of supplicating, when that day comes, the actual day of Arafah, uh, we have to learn how to say sweet words. If the day is coming, when you're going to get married face to face with your wife, you have to know how to say sweet words, right? So if a person does not know how to say, mashallah, your dress looks nice, some guys don't know how to say that, right? They're very innocent people. They don't know how to compliment. They don't know when to compliment, what to compliment. And then we, when they come to us, we say, all right, you have to compliment your spouse. This is the part of the deen, etc. When a person doesn't have a habit, he's going to have problems. Subhanallah. So a person has to build a habit of making dua. So there's a book, they don't have that many copies, but you can get your own copy from, from Balag or somewhere else. It's called Accepted Whispers. It's called Accepted Whispers. And you get a larger one, it's $10 I think so, and a smaller one maybe $5. The larger one has transliteration in it, and it has the hadith regarding each story, as each dua. It's about a collection of 200 duas of the Prophet ﷺ. So if, you can't, if you're having a hard time in reading in Arabic, you have the translation. It's called Accepted Whispers. Urdu munajat maqbool Okay, it's a translation of that. Munajat maqbool. You can find it on Devon, you can find it online. Munajat maqbool in Urdu, or in Accepted Whispers in... English. The larger copy, as I said, the $10 one, has transliteration as well. If you don't need it, then you can get the smaller copy. Another book of dua would be Al-Hizbul A'zam. You have that, mashallah, duas. Now there's duas for Umrah and Hajj. He, he has a book there. And there are, there are many duas like that. Now those duas, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen the book yet, so I don't know exactly what's in it. But most, a lot of these books are just speaking about a few duas to recite in, at, at the Rawda, to recite at Riyadh al-Jannah, selection of that. The, the, the books I'm telling you are 200 du'as for success in every aspect of your life that was done by the Prophet ﷺ. Super comprehensive. When you have six hours, what do you do? Lelo. You sit, open it, go sit in a nice under a tree, quietly, and you raise your hand. You say, Allah, I don't know how to ask. I'm going to ask you the way the Prophet did. And that's what you do. Alright? So that's a smart thing to do. Get the du'a book, um, inshallah ta'ala. Send salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ daily. This is how you send your gifts. Sending gifts to the Prophet before arrive every single day. Hundred salawat in the morning, hundred salawat in the evening. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Short. You want to do something longer? Allah Durud Ibrahimi. Allah Musalli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad kwa salli ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim nik Hamidu Majid. This packet of that I told you of small booklets that's outside that includes a selection of salawat, forty salawat. If you, however, want transliteration and translation and the background of each one, there's another book sold outside as well. Salawat, uh, salat and salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ, salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. It's for $8 or $10. It's a separate, really nice book. Uh, and we have enough of those. So you can purchase that. That has a background and transliteration and translation of the salutations. So it has about 40 salawat. If you can make a habit, my brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, of reading that book once a day, 
for the next two weeks. You'll be in very good shape when you go there. When you arrive in Medina, inshallah ta'ala, you'll be able to read this every single day multiple times. We've got nothing to do there besides this. After every salah, we're going we're gonna to sit, we're going to open up the book and read. So start reading it from now so that we don't start stuttering when we go there. Frequently, frequent the masjid now to connect with the words of Allah. At least Salatul Isha, Salatul Fajr, all the brothers sitting here. Let's make intention to pray in the masjid with jama'ah. Isha and Fajr, or just Isha, at least once a day. Our women folk, they can make a goal of performing salah at, as soon as the time starts in, instead of delaying it till the end. And number two, all the little kids, boys and girls at home, get them together and pray at the same time. That's the goal that the sisters can make at home. And number, lastly, make dua to Allah to make this journey easy for you. Meet relatives and friends and seek their forgiveness. And everything has just become customary. There's no love anywhere. There's no reality to anything. Eid Mubarak has become customary. You send a mass text to everyone. Mass greeting card. And seeking forgiveness has also become customary. One massive text to 100 people. One massive email. Bhai, I'm going for Hajj, please forgive me. No, if you really have... I'm not saying don't do that, do that as well. But if you genuinely... If I have wronged someone, chalega, this type of thing. I have to go to that person's house with some gifts and say, Bhai, maaf ki jai, ho I'm seeking forgiveness, I'm going for Hajj. Pick up that phone call. Pick up that phone and make a phone call. Don't send an anonymous text message. A general text message that you send to 100 other people and that person who you burned your bridges with as well. It's not going to work. Sincerity and reality is that we humble ourselves. We know that this person is between me and my forgiveness. If this man is upset at me because of what I did to them, then I'm not going to get forgiven over there. I have to ensure that I settle my, my debts with this individual before I go to Hajj. Right? Settle any outstanding debts to the best of our ability. So we're not, the, the long-term loans that we have, we're not speaking about that. Especially if we owe people, people that we said we'll owe you, we'll, we'll give the money back next, last year. We'll, we'll give you a few hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, ten thousand, whatever the case may be. People are expecting this money from us last year, or expecting it now, then we definitely should not be going for Hajj and Umrah until we pay that off. Because they're waiting. They're waiting and we say, I'll give it to you, I'll give it to you. How do we have the money to, to go for Hajj then? When that person is waiting for us. So that, that, that's not right. But if a person has a long-term uh, debt, for example, and he's making his monthly or yearly installments, then that does not invalidate the hajj. Before we go to Madinatul Munawwara, or before we go for our embark on hajj, we should definitely make an intention of reading a book of seerah, cover to cover, cover to cover, one book of seerah. A lot of us have never had the opportunity to do so. Please, acquaint yourself Acquaint, let's, uh, let me acquaint myself, let you acquaint yourself before I go visit the Prophet You will have detailed tours of Medina. Many times the brothers are falling asleep on the tour because it means nothing to them. They have no idea. You know how we like to show pictures, oh, this is where I was born. This is where my first birthday party was. We really don't care where your first birthday party was. But we get so excited, we have that connection. Brother, this is not about you and me. This is our Nabi salam. This is where he was born. You're going to go see where he walked. You're going to go see his children's home. You're going to go see where his granddaughter lived. Uh, houses of great granddaughter's actual house still standing there. You're going to see, subhanAllah, uh, in, in incidents, uh, places where he stood, where, he, where his teeth became shaheed in the battle of Uhud. You may end up going, subhanAllah, in other places. You're going to definitely, definitely, when you walk from Mount Safa to Marwa, you're going to be walking in the same spots where, from Prophet Ibrahim till the Prophet 
millions and thousands of Muslims, including the greatest of prophets, have walked. You will be standing in Riyadh al-Jannah, the exact same spot where the Prophet's feet were. But you have to know about this history, to feel it. Not that after the fourth, fifth day, we're saying, I remember this happened one day. After four days in Medina, one brother from my group was walking around in the front. So I asked him, Salaam alaikum, I was reading the Quran, Ji, how are you? Oh, yeah, I was just looking for you. Uh, you know, I heard the Prophet is buried here somewhere. Where is he? Inna Allah wa inna Four days in Medina, a person doesn't even know what's going on. Very, yani, this is very sad because we have not read a book of seerah. So on the way out, there are a few books that we have available on the seerah of the Prophet as well as other books like Martin Ling's, etc. You can purchase those books. We're here to answer your questions and get that done. Physical preparation, exercise. Uh, the most strenuous part of our hajj is going to be uh, just the walking. It's, it's going to be around 110 degrees or so, uh, probably. And uh, sometimes, of course, you have to walk in the heat, like in the days of Hajj. Your, your walk will be, our walk will be about an hour and a half to two hours, around 11 a.m., 12 a.m., okay? So I'm letting, people, I'm letting you know that. It's about a two-hour walk from the tents, the American tents, to one way. To get an hour and a half to get to... Uh, the, 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 the Jamarat to the pelting the stones or an hour and 15 minutes and then from there going to the Azizi apartments another 45 minutes all in all two hours uh, Ali Bay, is that right? two hours? Uh, close to two hours it's a if you prepare for three it'd be better you prepare for three you know and if you want to walk back you do the math you add that so you're looking at for about two at least two hours two and a half hours worth of walking in heat so we have to physically prepare ourselves Appoint, appoint people to, of course, look after our home and make sure our credit card is in companies informed that we're going to be using this overseas so that they don't cancel it because of fraud or whatnot. Mental preparation is patience. Sabar, 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 sabar. Ten times. They can say, sabar, sabar, brother. The person who's saying it himself needs to make sabar most of the time. Okay, he's not doing it. He's telling other people. This is, we put an amulet, ta'wiz banale, sabar ki. Make a ta'wiz put on This is what I need. Sabse bara credit card is your sabar. This is the imtihan. This is the imtihan. Pack a lot of patience. Throughout the journey, you will need this the most. From the airport, by delay kyo flight? That's it. What's a big deal? This is the key. Hajj doesn't. Four rakats of namaz takes you 10 minutes, 7 minutes, 8 minutes. We understand that. Hajj is not like that. Hajj starts when you arrive at O'Hare. You arrive at O'Hare, your hajj has begun. So don't sit there and say, Chale, let me watch my last movie. <laughs> but your hajj has begun. Right? Don't say, Chale, Isha dekha jayega. You know, I'm to safar mein. We'll leave our Isha. We'll get there. When we get to Medina, we'll make up all our five salahs. This is what I'm talking about. When people are wasting the time, at the airport, there are people going to gamble in Las Vegas. There are people at the airport who are going to other places to commit haram. You're different. You're a haji. Put your musallah down. Open up your Quran and start reading. That's what I'm saying. Your hajj mindset has to start when you get there. Do not ask, what time is this? What time is that? For what? Let's, for example, you get paid $100 an hour as a taxi driver. Some, not as a, as a chauffeur. $100 an hour. Now the boss is inside taking a long time to urinate in the bathroom. Or the boss is sitting in your car, Chalo, move. What difference does it make? You're getting paid by the minute. What difference does it make? Balki, you say, I'm saving on gas. Let me just sit here while he's inside eating. I'm still getting $100 an hour. That's what Hajj is about. Whether your plane is moving or you're sitting there outside of the bus, you, I'm telling you, 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 you listen to this attentively. You're gonna, you're gonna thank me a lot afterwards, because what I'm telling you is key point. 
Half of the people just ruined their hajj on these points. Baskabari, baskabari, baskabari. When is the bus coming? Relax, my friend. Your hajj, why are you worried? You're getting every second hasanat. When it comes, we'll go. Why are you getting all these palpitations and, you know, sick and, and about to lose your uh, temper over this? No, relax. Take a deep breath. Drink some water. Walk around. Just don't worry about it. When the bus comes, we'll let you know, and then you'll go. Do not get hyperventilate, and don't get excited. This is very important to keeping yourself sane and making sure you have an accepted hajj. Do not get angry. Forgive and forget minor issues. Have a positive attitude. Do not be in the company of those who complain. There are sometimes people in the hajj group, say, Right? So they'll say it was gosh today we have dal. And you, you might, some of you might be laughing. Watch, you will mark my words. This will be. There will be people who complain. Okay, by towels, yeah, 100% cotton. You know, the, 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 they will just come up with ajeeb stuff. Achar, you know, it's not that katta. I'm Hyderabadi pakka. It needs to be more katta achar. Like, serious? Yes. I'm going to make an issue about this. They'll bang on the table and say, why is it like this? So we can't change people. We cannot change people. You just quietly take your plate and move to the other end of the table. Don't ruin your hajj by staying in the company of people who are whiners, who are party poopers, who ruin the hajj for themselves and for everyone else. You hear this? Don't let, isolate people like that. Isolate people who are negative energy. Because when they don't have an audience around them, then inshallah ta'ala they will change. Um, be prepared for discomfort and, di- and difficulties and hope for the best and plan for the worst. I... Few essential things to pack, of course, our money, $100 bills, don't take 20s and 30s and 50s, you know, take $100 bills. Medication, insure. Two copies for passport and visa. You will not be able to get a SIM card for your cell phone until you have a photocopy of your passport and visa. As soon as you arrive in Medina or Makkah, at the airport, they will collect your passport. And you will not get your passport until you are back at the airport on your flight back. Okay? You're not going to have your passport with you. Oh my God, my passport is going. Yeah, I'm telling you from now, your passport is going to go. Well, make a photocopy, two, two copies of it, what you need it to get your cell phone and any other issue. Dua books, take it with you. Clothing, light clothing, it's very, very hot. Okay? And of course, if you're going to Makkah first, pack your ihram with you in your hand carry. And a water bottle. You can get a water bottle over there, like a plastic water bottle, or you want to get a your nice one, from here you can take it. Why is this for? To fill it up with zamzam. 24-7, that's all you should be drinking. Zamzam, no tap water, no bottled water. Just An unlocked GSM phone, so that you can use it over there. Contact your cell phone carrier from here to ensure that you can use a SIM card over there. Vaseline, and uh, lotion, and whatnot. After having said all of these things, Portable battery charger is also very beneficial. In Mina, in Arafat, you may not have plugs. Portable battery charger like this will help you. After having said all of this, at the end I still will say, please pack light. Please pack light. Because the more stuff you have, you will be pulling your hair. The the Hajj group operator will say, Chalabai, you're only allowed one carry-on in Mina. And now you're wondering, how am I supposed to sort out through all my stuff? What are you going to do? All the shopping that you want to do, you can do it on the way back. You can buy clothes from there on the way back. You can buy things from there. Do not overpack things from here. Alhamdulillah, you're not going to a third world country. They have all kinds of things over there available. So take the necessary things, but whatever you run out, you can get over there. Inshallah ta'ala. The next part of Makkah and Medina, 
Inshallah, I'll uh, hand it over to Mufti bin Hajj, uh, who will take it from here. And then after that, we'll have a, a break. And then after the break, Inshallah, we have lunch break. And then after that, we'll have the Hajj part, Inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan.